You are listening to First Church Charlotte. We're going to turn to Matthew 24 and study the word together here for the next few moments. Matthew 24, if you'd like to stand, honor of the reading of the word. Verse number three, Matthew 24 and three. The Lord has uh, told his disciples many things about the end of his life, and he had told them about his kingdom. The ongoing theme of the ministry of Jesus was he was always saying, and the kingdom of God is like, and he would tell a story and explain to them more of an understanding of what the kingdom of God is. Uh, I think it's very important that we as the people of God of the 21st century understand that when we think of the kingdom of God that, that we can really affect, you're in it. Right here is the kingdom of God. Now, it's bigger than just here, of course. Every city should have a light, every town, and every nation of the world should have many lights, and thank God Many nations have the light, and many cities of America have the light. There are thousands of uh, United Pentecostal churches. There are other apostolic Pentecostal churches that uh, are shining the light of the gospel all over this world. An organization is not what saves us. It's still the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us. And the word of our testimony helps do the saving process. And it's all a wonderful thing. But uh, where we are called to be now is right here. And uh, almost every Sunday we have a harvest, a harvest field. In fact, every Sunday we have a harvest field inside of these walls right here. And God help each one of us to make friends, to open our hearts, our homes, our Bibles with those guests of ours and friends of ours and people who call this home. And we love them. We want them to call it home. But we, just like we're not satisfied, we're going to keep on seeking the Lord. Amen. Uh, it's not a place where you graduate and you have your Bachelor of Arts degree in Christianity, hang it on your wall, and you, you say, I've, I'm tired of studying books. I'm going to go look at a sunset or something else, but no more books for me. Well, that's not the way it is in Christianity. We learn every day how to fight this good fight, how to carry our cross better, how to represent Jesus Christ better, how to love people better, even though we hate what they're doing. We may hate their ways and hate their attitudes, but we dare not let that go into hating them. And we can't, just because they're wicked, wicked people, doesn't give us a right to hate them. If it wasn't but for the grace of God, we could be some of those wicked, wicked people. I think we ought to praise him for his great salvation. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. I exalt you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing that's on your word and on your people. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. 
Matthew 24, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? God bless you. You may be seated. Quite a question, three-part question that the disciples brought to Jesus toward the end of his ministry. And yes, they had had many different uh, concepts of what was going on here. No doubt for months, many of them felt like Jesus was going to establish his kingdom on the earth and overcome Rome, kick Rome out of Israel and anywhere else he wanted to kick them. But uh, that wasn't the purpose of Christ coming into the world. He came to be a lamb for sinners slain. That had to be done before his kingdom could be fully established. It was being established during his ministry. It was uh, coming in. Many times he would say, the kingdom of God has come near you. And uh, that was the message they would leave with the villages around Israel. And uh, it was a, a powerful time, but here they are realizing that their concepts have been mistaken. Their ideas, their wishes for immediate kingdom where Jesus Christ was going to be king of kings of the earth, it wasn't to be. And so they're asking these important questions. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus gave them some answers, general answers. He said to them, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, or I am anointed by Christ, or I speak for Christ, and they'll deceive many. But ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Ye shall, be, ye shall not be troubled, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, many different places. And all of these are the beginning of sorrows. I think it's important as we near and go further into this 21st century that we never lose sight of what may happen today. Before the clock strikes 12 tonight, the trump of God could sound, and the dead in Christ rise, and then we who are alive and remain in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, will be caught up together forever to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the most uh, exciting thing that uh, we need to make sure it stays an exciting expectation of our life. We can all get caught up with the cares of life. We can all get caught up with the, with the many different activities we get involved with. But uh, we never want to forget that Jesus may come today. That'll help us keep our heart right. That'll help us walk with him. That'll help us in a lot of things and be ready for his coming. So the nations have risen against nations. We've gone through World War I. Back about 100 years ago, World War II, and uh, about 39 it started in Europe, came on over until 1945. And 
I was two years old when World War II quit. Don't figure it out. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, age is just a number, right? Along with some extra aches and pains you didn't know were coming at you. <clears throat> and World War III, everyone gets put into the news. If uh, a rocket man in North Korea can stir it up, or if uh, President Trump can stir it up, or whatever, there's, there's, uh, the, the situation is that it is a real possibility. We know that uh, the tribulation days are probably some times of wars like we've never seen them before. Uh, the Bible predicts many hundreds of thousands of lives being taken and seemingly described in Revelation and in Daniel uh, in wartime situations. All of that's uh, in the future, thank God. But it causes us to be aware that we are living in the end of time as far as uh, the way life is going now. Between now and the rapture, we're called to walk faithfully, daily with our God, walk in the Spirit, be overcomers, be intense about being obedient followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, when, when they asked the question, what, what's a man got to do to have eternal life? The rich young ruler came. To Jesus asking, what, what does he need to do? Well, the first question Jesus asked, well, do you know the commandments? He didn't ask him, well, have you accepted Jehovah God as your Savior? No. He didn't ask him. He asked him about, have you, have you been walking with God? We live in a time where people seem to play fast and loose, pick and choose the commandments they would like to uh, follow. And the grace of God will teach you to obey the Word of God. The Spirit of God will bring us to obey the Word of God. And so it's not a time to uh, loosen our walk with God and walk further away from Him and uh, carry ourselves in a manner that's more frivolous and not as concerned. Uh, since we're not God, we don't know where He's going to draw the line. But he's, he's clearly told us to, to walk in the Spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If the desires of our flesh come first in our life, we, we uh, need to repent and renew our vows to God to walk close to Him and walk in the Spirit and instead of the flesh. That means the Spirit is our guide. The Spirit of God is our uh, strength and our the one that, that we're empowered to walk according to the Word of God. I'm glad God's the judge of all people. Just because we want to be a holiness people that loves the Word of God, that is striving to please God every way we know how and every way we can, doesn't mean we should become judgmental of anybody except ourselves. We need to judge ourselves as parents. We certainly need to judge our children so that they know how to be respectful. If, to be trained, we've got to judge their actions. All that's understandable. But when it comes to judging whether a person's going to make heaven or hell, I'm glad to leave all that to God. But I know this, the gospel is the saving formula for getting out of this world alive. Hallelujah.
Over in uh, Matthew verse 37, as the days of Noah were, Matthew 24, 37, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Anything wrong with that? How many of you like to eat? How many of you like to drink non-alcoholic beverages? <laughs> Eating, drinking, marrying. I'm not going to ask how many of these young men and women would like to be married to the right one. Uh, and giving in marriage. Parents were going along with it. So that was not the sin. Sin was... They were going along with their life unconcerned. Noah had been preaching for a hundred years. The ark had been in building for a hundred years. Everybody in the world knew about the man building an ark saying it's going to rain. Saying the judgment is coming. Saying they need to straighten up, live right. All that encompasses. And repent of their sins. And find out how they can get in the ark. And, uh, but he was the big joke of the, the century for them, apparently. So they went about their business and he became a byword, uh, someone to think of as really a crazy guy building this big boat out in the middle of the land somewhere. But all of that went on until the day Noah entered the ark. Then they got worried. And if my memory serves me right, it didn't rain. God shut the door and it didn't rain. So the next day, the headlines of the paper, clear days ahead. No worries. And the next day, the headlines came and maybe toward the middle of the week, clouds started rolling in. Who knows what all happened? But seven days later, it began to rain. Now, of course, it's hard to know exactly how many people were on the face of the earth then, but there were no doubt a few hundred thousand. And uh, to my knowledge, no one's ever calculated that. But it doesn't matter other than that each soul is a living soul, and they did not heed the warnings that they had around them. And they were not in the ark. Only Noah his three sons and their wives, and Noah's wife. Just that family. So we're all related to Adam and we're all Adam and Eve and we're all related to Noah. That's one reason why we call each other brothers and sisters. So Jesus went on and said, verse 39, they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There's going to come a day when there's going to be a, thousands of people around the world that show up missing. They don't show up. They're just missing. <laughs> people have done different things like we're going to leave our clothes here. I think our clothes are going to disintegrate and we'll... Whatever robe the Lord wants us in or whatever, that'll all come about. Maybe we'll all go and whatever. Just 
make sure you got some good clothes on when the Lord comes <laughs> in case you got to get to outer space in them. <laughs> then shall two be in the field and one will be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding up the mill, the one be taken, the other left. It's an immediate rapture. That event will be one of the greatest judgments of this earth. When people, people know that you're a Christian, they're aware of you. Many of them respect you and honor you for that. They, they go to church maybe, maybe they don't, but uh, they're not, if they left here, they weren't as committed, they weren't something, but they know your house is empty. The, the, uh, the fear that's going to come over the earth at that moment uh, is going to be something I don't know anything about. Amen? Uh, most of us here have lived the, for the Lord a, a long time. Others have lived a shorter time. The good news, if you live for the Lord just a short time, you get in too. Others have lived for the Lord 40, 50 years. And uh, they're determined to make it too. But uh, it doesn't matter the length of time. It matters that you have the cross on your back. You're following Jesus, doing your best to please him in all of your actions. This is one of the most important messages the Lord gave us in his word. While he was on earth and through his apostles, that he's coming back. He's coming back to take out his church from this earth, and then he's coming back to the earth. The Bible talks about the rapture in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Dead in Christ shall rise. Those who are alive and remain caught up together. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We'll have a new body. That'll be pretty much heavenly by itself. Don't ever have to worry about someone pulling a gun out and shooting you or a knife, or having a car wreck, or, you know, whatever. And we get to eat. <laughs> we don't need to sleep unless you just want to take a nap, I guess. <laughs> just, just that brand new body is going to be heavenly. But then we're going to have it in heaven. And the Lord's going to be there. And some people, you know, I believe this with all my heart, what I'm talking to you about. But some people, they, they, they could really have fun at my expense. Talking about life in outer space. Aliens. They're not aliens. They've been helping us fight this journey all of our lives. Hallelujah. They're very familiar with what goes on here. And, but it's on a day just like today. The Lord's going to come in a moment, in a twinkling. And for us to call a date, and some still fall for that temptation, and it may happen again, but don't be, don't be fooled. Don't, uh, it's, nobody's ever going to know. We can know the times and the seasons. We're in the time. We're in the season. Earthquakes are happening all over the world. Many new, different places, places they've never happened before. Sometimes many homes are destroyed, cities are destroyed, earthquakes, famines are happening around the world. 
and we have food in some countries and they have no food. And if we send them food, the crooks and the outlaws steal it, sell it. The people keep starving. And so the world's in a dilemma on how to help them. And that's going on around the world constantly. Mainly on the continent of Africa. Nations there that have been badly ruled for many years with bad leadership and people just looking to the leaders somehow just looking to increase their wealth and the people in their minds are just uh, something, someone to be used. And what a pitiful thing that is. Judgment day is coming, folks, and they're going to get theirs. But I'm, I'm glad we're not involved in that part of it. We may judge the angels, I believe one scripture refers to, but uh, they've kind of judged themselves, so that should be easy. <laughs> All those that chose to go with the devil, they're on the devil's side. They're part of the demons that uh, are set aside, chains of darkness. And so, but on a day like today, and just this past week, less than a week ago, our president did recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. To many people, that's something to get up in arms about and get mad about. The politicians, they're going to work that one over as much as they can. The nations around about Israel, they're going to work it over as much as they can. They're meeting, I think, right now to decide what they're going to, how they're going to respond, how they're going to throw a fit and make call a riot and make some more terrorist moves. Who knows what they'll do, but Israel's apparently the only nation on the face of the earth that don't get to call its own city, whatever city they want in Israel, to be the capital city. Everybody else, I mean, they have to check with the UN to see if that's okay. But all the other nations, they named their capital. And nobody seemed to be bothered about it. I'm just saying we're living in the end of time. The signs of the times are around about us. You know, when you think of eternity and you think of missing out just to please my own attitude and my own view and what I want to do, uh, Seems like that's such a foolish thing. I want if if I'm doing something wrong, I want to know that I'm doing it wrong, and I want to change that. I'm not looking for some way to sneak around a scripture or uh, a commandment of the Lord. To whom much is given, much shall be required. But folks, we all have a Bible. We can't just say, "Well, I didn't know, Lord." It doesn't work in uh, human courts. I didn't know I, I was supposed to stop when you wanted me to stop, officer. Says you got a driver's license, you're supposed to know. If you're driving a, a lethal vehicle that can hurt people, you need to know the rules of the road. And so I'm glad God knows how to judge all that, but I want my heart right. I want him to know that deep in my heart, pleasing him is number one on my agenda. Let's tell him that right now. 
If you can say it out of your heart, Lord, pleasing you is number one to me. I want to please you because I love you. I want to please you because you've been so good to me. I want to please you, Lord, because you went to Calvary to save my soul. I want to please you, Lord, because you filled me with the greatest gift of all that's ever been given to mankind, the gift of your Holy Spirit. And I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. I'm doing what I kind of call a shotgun Bible study tonight. So uh, hang with me. I want to bring some things to you that my mama told me. She didn't just tell me. She kind of branded us boys with these about four truths I'm going to bring to your attention. Not in a, she didn't hound us with them, but all of our life we heard them occasionally affirmed over and over again until when we were out of their space, when we were out by ourselves with friends, if we were going to violate something, we would almost hear the voice of our mother. And my dad was there. He was steady. He was more quiet than my mama. He was faithful, determined, and persistent. If there was a work day, he was there working, and his boys were there working with him, too, at the church. And, uh, but it wasn't like they were just, you know, pumping us with it all the time. It's just when events would happen around about us, they would just affirm the truth. And uh, one of them was, and the Bible says this, be sure your sins will find you out. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes what you're going to do maybe not be really bad, but you, you know it's not right. It's just not really a wicked thing. It's just not right. You shouldn't be doing that. And sometimes all you need to know is, I'm going to get caught. How many of you have ever not done something because you might get caught? Can I get an honest... Can I get an honest response here tonight? I don't want to embarrass you. We're not telling what we're, we were tempted to do. Just because I might get caught. And my mama's been telling I probably will get caught. It's, those things are beautiful fences we, we build in our children's life. Fences are a wonderful thing. They're usually there to keep us out of danger, keep other things out that don't, we don't want in, to keep us in so we won't go out. And there was an old farm saying that uh, the chickens will come home to roost. I don't fully understand that. But my wife grew up with a chicken chicken house in her backyard. What do they call them? A roost? <laughs> Chicken pen. And uh, they'd wake the neighborhood up every morning. And, uh, but they always, at night, they always, they know it's time to go home to roost. And that, that's, that's similar to your sins are going to find you out. And uh, quite a few people in high places are finding out that their sins will find them out. 
That doesn't mean just because you're accused that you're guilty. But they have a way of coming back home, coming back at you. And so save yourself. And we want to put this into our children. It's called the fear of God. You know, I didn't ever want to get a whipping from my mama. And I sure didn't want one from my daddy. But I got them from both. And my older brother, you've heard me tell this, Royce, he would challenge quick, far quicker than I would. I was the third kid. And uh, he saved me from a lot of whippings because he tried stuff I wouldn't dare try. And after mama got done with him, I sure wouldn't dare try. <laughs> but she was, a, she was a immediate response. You know, the sooner you can bring uh, a little bit of punishment in the lives of our wonderful, darling little children, the sooner that they rise up against you and rebel... The sooner you can take care of business, usually the better. I mean, if you're in the middle of a grocery store, please don't. <laughs> Just say, you're going to get it when we get home. And that's, of course, after a few other more kindly warnings. But when you've had it. And then make sure they get something when they get home. You don't have to beat them half to death. I found out later in life that I could get just as much of repentance tears out of them with a one good pop and then two or three little softies and then a pop. <laughs> All I'm wanting is tears of repentance as a parent. I'm just, I'm on a change of action. So I want to be as gentle as I can on their bottom. That's, that's the best place to dish out punishment. And it's padded already, so that helps. <laughs> what you sow, you're going to reap. These are these truths that my mama put in us. Be sure your sin will find you out. Chickens are going to come home to roost. What you sow... Is going to come up. And only God can cause you to have a much less harvest than you would have had out of his great mercy. But many times the things we got involved with, we, we have to endure some stuff because of them. And, of course, you're going to get caught. You keep doing that, you're going to get caught. All of these were wonderful fences in my mind. And I knew my mother loved me. She would die, try and protect me if necessary. My daddy loved me. And he would protect me. And uh, I've told you and confessed my sins. But some of you weren't here when I did that confessing. So let me humble myself. When I was about five years old, a kid, seven or eight years old, was beating me up. And, I mean, he had me, I don't, I forget what all, we were fighting, hitting, wrestling, and all of a sudden in the wrestling match, I opened my eyes and there his arm was right in front of my mouth. Right in front of my mouth, his arm was. What's a kid going to do? He's getting beat up. 
I took a bite. <laughs> Only did it one time. But it worked. He turned loose. <laughs> and I ran home to daddy. He was home. About five or ten minutes later, there come a knock on our door. And I told my dad what had happened. I think I got blood. I mean, I bit him. <laughs> and uh, my dad went to the door, and I was hiding behind the wall there. But I was staying where I could listen. And the man was mad because I'd bit his son. He didn't know what his son was doing to me, but it didn't matter. I bit him. That wasn't fair. And my dad heard him out. He, he didn't let him in. He didn't invite him in. He just stood there at the door with him, heard him out, and looked at the man and said, you know, sometimes a boy doesn't have anything else to do. And the man somehow had to agree with him. It's true. He didn't, I don't think he ever admitted that, but he walked away. And my dad saved my life. Hallelujah. <laughs> so there's a great love there. There's a knowing of protection, but there's also the fear of getting out of sort with mom or dad. Because they can put you in the doghouse. That means that you don't get any special privileges, works found for you. Uh, if anything, if they find out anything you want, you don't get it. And this can go on for a week or two, you know, or, or maybe longer if, if it was bad enough offense. It's the fear of mom and daddy. It's similar to the fear of God. We know he loves us. He died for us. He paid the price for our sins. He wants us to be with him throughout eternity. Amen. But if we will not take up our cross and follow him, uh, he's not going to just turn away and say, well, none of that matters anymore. We'll just cover everything when there's been no attitude change, no repentance, none of the gospel working in our life. I once was a gang member. I've never told you that, but I don't think I have. There were about eight or ten boys. We were ten years old, and we all had 20-inch bikes. We rode all over Pacific Beach in San Diego. It was about a two-square-mile little town right on the Pacific Ocean. I lived about a mile and a half from the Pacific Ocean for my first 10 years. And uh, it was a wonderful little, you know, kind of like a little town in the big city. And we, we would go all over that town in those two weeks and those boys would go into a convenience store and come out. They'd pull things out of their pocket. Candy bars, no telling what all. They just had a way of knacking. I never stole anything, but I was running with them. And then one time we was going to go swimming and up at the beach. This was a 10-year-old. That was a wonderful, that was that great generation, you know. Doors stayed unlocked. Keys were left in cars. I mean, it was quite a time back in the 50s, 40s and 50s. But... Uh, there we were, and, and one guy jumped the fence, ran and got us a, a bathing suit, 
looked like it fit him, jumped back over the fence, and off we went up the street to go swimming. And I saw a little bit of that happen. I said, whoa, something down in my soul. And within two weeks, I was gone. I never ran with them anymore. I'm sure I saw them, went to school with them. But uh, the Lord kept his hand on me. When I got a driver's license, 16, I had some more hard things to learn. Had to take a driver's class for speeding. That's one where they show you all these gory wrecks. Now, if you, if you text on your phone, you, I guess when you, they give you a class, while you're driving, they give you a class, they, they probably show you some gory wrecks too. Trying to scare you. We all really need to put our phone somewhere where we can't reach them. That's about the only way I can be safe with myself. No, I can leave it in its holster. But I'm just telling you, such a, you know, I'm just, I don't just, uh, just need a yes to go on and forget about. No, you don't need a yes. I don't know where that came in, but they told me in that class, in your mind, get you a big, mean motorcycle cop on your black back bumper and keep him there. And that's the way you drive until you conquer this desire to speed. Since I'm confessing tonight, I'll confess for my wonderful wife, too. <coughs> On long trips, when I'd really get tired, she'd need to take over for a while. She'd get between two 18-wheelers, running about 80 miles an hour, and would we ever cover some miles? Did she ever get caught? No! Sure, your sins will find you out if you're going to do it, though. She didn't, I didn't get tired that often. She didn't have to drive that much, but she'd have got caught somewhere along the line. She's talking to me. But I want to bring to your attention the, the wonderful joy of anticipating the coming of the Lord. Back in the day, we sang a lot of songs about when our Lord shall come again. Everybody will be happy over there. On and on. In that city where the Lamb is the light. And what great songs. We rejoiced about it. We have more reason now. To know the Lord is coming soon. Than we did back then. For the Lord himself shall descend. From heaven with a shout. The voice of the archangel with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Titus 2 and 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. You know, lust, uh, it, it it's really just means desire. It's used so negatively in the scriptures. You can think of the, the word lust is just really bad, bad thing. But it's fleshly desire. 
But the scripture says, the flesh lusteth against the spirit, but the spirit lusteth against the flesh. You get in the spirit, you want to do the right thing. You want to please God. You want to walk in the spirit. And so denying ungodliness and worldly lust, what? The grace of God teaches that. Some people say the grace of God just covers it all. And it doesn't matter that you are concerned about pleasing the Lord very much. Just, just uh, don't worry about it. You know, just do your best. Do your best. Well, the Lord wants us to be overcomers. And that's when we're doing our really best. When we learn how to overcome. That doesn't mean we don't trip, fall, find ourselves on our face in terminology, just in, you know, we, we didn't actually fall, but in our spirit we fell. Need to get right back up, get back in the fight, and tell the Lord, that's not who I am, that's not who I, who I want to be, it's not who I'm going to be. Forgive me, Jesus. I am sorry. I'm staying with you. The devil, once you get tripped, you know, he tripped you. And then once you tripped, he said, you might stay down. We'll have church in a couple of days. You can get things squared away. Then don't believe his lie. He's been lying to you all the time. He says that kind of junk. Get back up. Get back in the fight. And walk on with Jesus. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. One of the great old choruses we used to sing, let me just give you the words, just one moment in his presence will be worth it all. Just one moment. I mean that first moment when you know you made it. It'll be worth it all. Just one look at my Savior's face and to view that beautiful place. Just one moment in his presence. Every trial, every long trial, every hard trial, every mile, it'll be worth it all. Just one moment in his presence. Let's praise him for it. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thank you for the promises of your word. Thank you for the desire to make heaven our home. Thank you for the desire to please you day by day with our words, with our thoughts, with our meditations, with our actions, oh Lord, we want to please you. Oh God, we worship you. We praise you. You've promised this wonderful hope of making heaven our home, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to take you up on it. We want to be there, Lord, when that trumpet is sounding. And we praise you for it. And we praise you for it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Shake someone's hand, tell them, let's go to heaven together. God bless you. Sunday morning, ladies, party, senior, silver bells, parties, Saturday at 1, church, 9 o'clock and 11 on Sunday morning. God bless you. And Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, 
Come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.